Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. How do you change your the tasks or the games based on the athlete's skill level? Like if you ran a, you know, a 12s practice and an 18s practice, would they look the same or how would you um, change those games? Yeah, they, they, they look similar. And one of the, the, the principles that, um, you know, with, if you're applying a, an ecological approach to coaching, you want to like keep everything together, meaning, uh, and, and I get this from, from Rob Gray and his podcast, uh, perception action podcast, you don't want to pull the skills apart and break them down and, and decompose them. Uh, you want to keep everything together in its realistic shape and form. And so the, the terminology that we use is, well, let's, if we can simplify the game um, for beginners or younger athletes, then, then let's do that. Um, as an example that we were t- discussing earlier, a volley light is a simpler object for younger, weaker developing players to, uh, to play with. And so that simplifies the activity for them where now they can serve and hit and, um, and put their arms out and not be afraid of like the ball hurting their arms. Um, so think things like that, but, you know, we do a game with our 12s. I did this last year when I was, um, filling in as a sub, as a sub, we, we wanted to teach them their six, two rotations and they had never learned that before. So we did half court Queens one versus three. And, and I just said like, okay, Hey, look at this picture. This is what row one serve receive looks like. And then I'd say, okay, now there's three of you, a setter an outside. And like, what position do you want to play today? She goes middle. Okay, great. So this is the middle. And so we'll circle where they are. Um, and I'll say, okay, go set that up on your half court. The other players aren't going to be there. So just like pretend they're there. And, uh, and then the, the player who's on the side of one, you know, she gets to serve and have three contacts and this side's going to work on like, you know, siding out from row one. And, um, you know, so they, they like that game a lot. Um, and as I watch them work their way through it, like we, we practiced for four sessions and then we had to play in our first tournament and, um, and it was really cool to see like this looks a lot like what we were doing in practice, um, even though most of the time was only spent doing one versus three um, and they were well organized and, and, and the thing came together. So it was really cool. Yeah, I was curious about that with the uh, with, you know, 90 percent playing. Um, are you breaking down rotations? Do they have you go over like defensive starting positions, bases and stuff like that? How do you handle teaching that part of the game? Like with what age group? With 12s or 18s? Uh, let's say 16s. 16s. <laughs> right in the middle. Um, yeah, you know, for, for the most part, at the 16s level, you know, most of the players, I don't think they know their rotations. Or if they know their rotations, they know the pattern. Um, but if you said, okay, started in row two, and then okay, now we're in row five, like they won't know where to go or, or, you know, that just throws them off because they don't actually know their rotation. So I think last year <clears throat> I had decided that 
we're going to make sure all of our coaches and players know their rotations because early on in the season, it makes a huge difference. If your team is organized, if your players know where they're supposed to stand, that eliminates a whole bulk of the coaching that goes on during that competition, which is usually yelling to get players' attention, trying to point and tell them where to stand. And, and they just, the players are frazzled because now it's like, well, the game has pressure and I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be. And ah, you're yelling at me and, and it just ends up being really distracting and clunky. And, and, you know, uh, what, what I think would be helpful and what I know was helpful with our 12s last year was when they, when they arrived at, at the competition that day, they pretty much got a B plus on their rotations. Like they, they knew that I would help them, but for the most part, they knew organizationally where they were all supposed to be. And, um, and then when somebody was in the wrong spot, like they were able to help each other. Okay. Now they can focus. And then they were able to just focus on the real important task at hand, which was keep the ball off our side and make it fall on their side. That's where you want to get to. (laughs) Yeah. How have you found your athletes have responded to, you know, this new approach? Um, Obviously you have your experience from a more traditional approach to to now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that um, most of them come out you know, I don't know if it's the right phrase, but come out on the other end of it, like um, really enjoying it, you know, because it's a lot of times it, it does feel um, realistic. Uh, they do get to play a lot, which they enjoy. And, um, you know, they, they start accomplishing things that, you know, they, they always thought, man, it would be cool if we could win that. It would be cool if we could qualify and open. And, and once they start doing it, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, shoot now that we're here, like, what else do we want to, like, what are some new goals that we want to accomplish? And so um, for, for a lot of players, I think they, they take it really well. That said, there are also a lot of players that find it very difficult and, and frustrating because it's, it's really hard. You know, I was doing some lessons today and uh, one of the players was working on, on, on passing and it's like, okay, my job when I go back there is to make, you know, make your life as the receiver really difficult. And, you know, I'm going to create a lot of different problems that you have to solve by hitting the ball with, you know, different pace, different locations, different float and other stuff. And, and, you know, as the receiver, your job is to achieve the same, you know, outcome effect. And it's frustrating for them because they can't always feel like they're improving and they can't always see that they're, they're learning. Cause again, it's, this is just a, a one-on-one private lesson. And, and I usually tell them like, Hey, it's, 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 it's learning that sticks. And we'll know that you learned and improved today. If tomorrow or next week or at the next tournament, like you pass better. Um, and so it's, it's for them. I, I know that it's, it's hard and frustrating. And as a coach from, you know, taking an ecological approach, it is very challenging to, to balance like what you know is going to be good sticky learning that will transfer and, and like not make things so challenging, frustrating where they start to lose interest in volleyball or they start to think that they're not very good at it or, or that, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't for me. You know, you, you really have to pay close attention to that. And, and that's something that I'm often, you know, looking for for cues to, to tell me like, okay, that was okay. That, that challenge was, was just about right for them. Or 
you know, that was too much, too difficult. And we're, we're, we're losing them. You know, we got to do something to bring them back. Right. So it seems like in the club world, keeping parents happy and getting them to continue to pay is really an important factor. Yes. But, that's, but that's really important. It's really important. So, and I think from a parent's point of view, from the movies they've watched and the traditional role of coaching, they see the coach as the guru giving the, their kid all the answers. Here's how you do it. And now you're going to win. But in this model, you're, you're going the complete opposite of a lot of the expectations they're having. So how have you navigated that? And how have you noticed the parents have responded? Yeah. So the first year I, the first year I had to tell our club director who, um, you know, is, uh, is one of my best friends and we grew up together. And, and so I I'm lucky in that we've, we've known each other since middle school, you know, and we've played together. So he and I have a real special relationship and he has, we have a lot of trust in each other. And I'm grateful for that because I told him, Hey, we're going to try and do this ecological thing. And I, I think it's going to help us, you know, accomplish the things that we, we want to, but I'm going to need your support because, you know, I don't have time to worry about what the parents are thinking and saying, I don't have time to have conversations right now with, with the parents who feel like all we're doing is, is playing, you know, and, and this isn't what I'm paying for. And so I had to kind of ask him like, Hey, you're going to get, you might get a lot of that. And I'm going to need you to, you know, field some of those questions because, you know, I'm spending eight to 10 hours a day trying to, trying to read all the research and, and make sense of it and then prepare a practice that will help us really get better. I, I, I literally didn't have time to, uh, to, to deal with those questions. And then also, um, you know, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want the, the questions from the parents to make me second guess what we were doing. I was like, we're going full in and, um, and we're committing to this. So that was, you know, 2018 or so. And now, now that I feel like, okay, we've seen enough um, results and well, we don't know for sure, it certainly does seem like, you know, a lot of our success has to do with good players and good training. Um, you know, now I'm starting to feel more questions and share more of the insights with, um, with parents and people who are asking. And, you know, it's also, we're seeing a lot new, uh, a lot more growth, you know, so from 18 to 19 or from 18 to, to 20, 21, you know, a lot of the parents in, in our club were returning parents, returning club members. Um, and, and now with uh, a lot of the interest that we're getting from um, new players who have, you know, gotten to experience what we do in our, in our clinics and academies, and, and they seem to really enjoy it now that they're coming on board and, and, and asking about tryouts, they are asking me a lot more questions about like, okay, can you explain the, the, the training philosophy and, and how, you know, how you're going to help my kid get better. And so, yeah. So it sounds like you've gained people. Do you feel like there's any players or parents that you've lost through this change? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been both. There, there's been a lot of, of growth. You know I mean? Even uh, I think when we hopped on the call, I had mentioned that our, our recent clinics had like over a hundred kids at them. And uh, you know, I'm sure some clubs have, have that all the time, but, you know, back in 2017 and 18, this particular pre-trout clinic that only had like 36 people in it, you know, so there have been a lot more 
um, players showing interest in, in, in what we're doing. But yeah, we, we have lost players um, and, and they have decided to, to leave and, and try other clubs because it's very hard to change anyone's worldview of something. And especially in sport, this, this traditional approach to everything is just so ingrained everywhere. And, you know, until recently, it seems like, at least for me, um, you know, the, the ecological stuff really hasn't been shared or accessible um, until, uh, until the last couple of years. So as coaches, um, it's common for us to have an idea of what proper technique or moving patterns might look like. And I really like this from one of your videos where you say um, it's important to like watch an actual game and see what those movements actually look like. And in your video, you use examples from like, you know, quarterbacks, I think it's Aaron Rodgers, and uh, also like some setting footwork. Um, what do you find when you do study movement patterns in a realistic environment? Yeah. Uh, and, and first, let me say, like, I'm not a um, movement biomechanics specialist or anything like that. So uh, I want all the listeners to know I'm, I'm just a volleyball coach, um, like many of them. But what I try to do, and I've, I think I've always done this, is just, okay, when I watch the sport at our level, an our age group, and when I watch teams that are a little bit better and, and not as good, um, and then jump around, I, I'm really looking to see like, okay, here's what we did in our setter training, you know, clinic. Then I watched the game and I realized like none of the movements they did in our training look anything like the movements I'm seeing in any of the games that I'm watching. Now, sometimes like if we are, are, are watching a setter who has overemphasized their left, right footwork, like you might see that left, right pattern a lot um, in someone playing and setting in a real game. But like then when you watch just 20 other matches, you're, and, and you see some really good setters, you're like, oh, they, they do that sometimes, but not as much as, let's say, how we were emphasizing that left-right footwork for 30 minutes in, in training, you know, and, and they weren't even setting the ball. They were just running and setting their feet and, and, and that's it. So, you know, for me, it's like, I want to make sure that the time we spend in whatever training we do shows up on game day. And if it doesn't, um, the expression I use is like, then what are we doing? Or we might as well not have even practiced, you know, and I, and I use that term mostly with coaches. Like we just practiced for two weeks and now we're playing. If we're not any better, really, like we, we could have just been the same and, and not practiced at all. And they, they wouldn't have had to come in. And so, you know, with that, it's like, okay, there's a huge responsibility that I feel where when we practice, it's, it's for the performance environment. And it's also because these kids who are coming to play club, they have things that they want to accomplish. And, you know, we, we have to help them uh, do that. And when you do look at um, these videos, and a lot of it's like, not even like a mistake, it's like highest level of play. Setters mm -hmm. are fading away setting, they're going, they're crouching to get under a ball. They're like, you know, it looks like chaos and they're setting like this. So it's not just like they're not executing what they're supposed to doing. Uh, how do you use that information? Like, how do you then train? Yeah, yeah. so I try to recreate, uh, the, the, the word we use is simulate, right? We try to create these simulations that are realistic and we're taking these things that we see in the game that, you know, these high level players, these highly skilled players are doing these things in the game. 
okay, let's bring that into our training. So, you know, I'll, I'll throw a ball to our uh, throw out, you know, I'll, I'll shoot a ball to our setter uh, somewhere on the court. She'll send it back to me. And that's kind of her way to, to run up and, and get in position to set. And she's reading me passing the ball and I will shank one to the ground or low and away, or just recreate like all the passes I saw in our match. Like I might pick a match and just, okay, here are all of our receptions and I'll recreate all of those situations and allow the players to, um, you know, to, to problem solve and find ways to, to get a set. And, you know, one of the things I really like to talk to tell setters is, Hey, you either, you know, you're either a setter or you're someone that just plays a setter position. And if you're a setter, you really want to be a setter. You're going to do everything you can to put up, put up a set that someone can take a swing on. And so that's when you start seeing players, uh, you know, kind of spinning on their backside and bump setting a, a, a tempoed ball to the outside or, um, you know, the, the jump fadeaways. And, you know, you, you kind of unlock that um, by just letting them know, hey, there's, you have the freedom to move and problem solve uh, however you want. The, the bottom line is we're, what we're trying to do is get, not just get swings, we're trying to get kills and we need 14 of them. And so whatever we're doing, you know, we need to make sure that we're able to, um, to hit that mark uh, before, before the game's over. And so that's, that's what we do is we just try to create these simulations and, and pieces that um, these whole pieces that we take out of the game and, um, and then, you know, set those problems up again for them in, in training. And will you ever do any queuing or are there any cues that you will go to as, as you take them through that simulation or is it, mainly just them figuring it out doing like uh like instruction and, and feedback yeah, or yeah uh yeah you know there's uh so the, there's a lot of um terms that we like to use is is co-design and collaboration and you know we're, we're both kind of working together to figure this figure this thing out and um you know for for me it, it has to be a a collaboration and, and co-design for for a couple of reasons one like they're the one that has to set and I can pay as close attention as I want to, but uh, everything that I see is, is kind of secondhand knowledge to what they're seeing, what they're experiencing. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's like these, these individual constraints that players have. Um, some of the internal ones, I, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know what their flexibility is really like. I don't know what their injury history is like. I don't know if they, you know, worked out yesterday or, or whatever. Um, and so, co-designing working together and 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 both of us giving each other feedback um and and direction that's that's more of what our our sessions look look like um and i might offer a suggestion or you know try to ask a, a better question and say well you know what are some other things that you've considered um have you thought of maybe this or do you think it would be okay if you tried um <clears throat> You know, that's when I use a lot. Like, do you think it'd be okay if you tried not squaring up? And a lot of times they say, be like, wait, I can do that. Is, is, and they'll say, is, is that okay? And I'm like, well, well, I mean, if you can't square up, like, how are we going to solve this problem? You know what I mean? So we're, we're trying to get 14 kills. If you can set this ball and you can't score up, I think it's totally okay if, if this time you, you don't, you know? Cool. And, um, I wanted to, before we leave, get into some, tournament warmups because i'm a coaching club for the first time in a long ah, time indoor this cool. season yeah um so in those 
few minutes you have on the court to warm up before a match at a club tournament, um, what does your warm up look like? Uh, ours looks actually pretty generic. And um, the reason for that is um, one, we want to feel like we've prepared ourselves really well in, in practice. So, you know, the, the warm up for us, aside from, you know, warming up our body, um, getting our, our heart rate up a little bit, uh, and like being prepared physically to play, you know, mentally to play, we, we you know, we, aside from that, we don't think the warmups really going to have an impact on, on the game, you know, whether we warm up and we look really good, um, and, and intimidate the other side, or, you know, we're hitting everything in the tape and, and, and we lose warmups, you know, for us, um, you know, our, our warmups is just, if we're the second seed or we're, we're that team that has to ref and then you get like two seconds to warm up and play, like we don't want that to be something that is a reason or an excuse for getting a slow start. Um, or if we are lucky enough to be uh, the one seed or, or I guess the three seed who often plays first and we get that first hour of warm up, like, okay, um, you know, that is usually pretty, um, casual even though like we want them to start on time and, and all that like usually it's just it is pretty casual because again it's um you know we all of our prep preparation has has already been done uh now it's just a matter of you know getting to finally um play and, and see how much we've improved all right so let's say mike you know i'm a club coach i just listened to you the last uh, you know hour, and I'm convinced. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to give this, make this change to the ecological approach. Um, I mean, I'm sure they could go back and listen to all that you said. But what would be like, kind of the just the one piece of advice you'd give, like uh, as you go into this endeavor, like here's something that's really important. Um, I, I think the important thing to know is you're going to go through these waves of feeling like, ah, today I get it and I understand it. And you're going to feel real confident that, um, that, that you have it down and, and then you're going to go to work and things are going to be good. And you're going to feel like, um, man, I'm, I'm really on it. And then you're going to cycle back as you look to try new things and, and explain these things to other people. And, and then you're going to find like, oh, wow, maybe I don't know it as well as I thought. And so I think that you know, even for me, I, I go through that even now. And, and I think that's, that's a good thing because we, we want to make sure that we continue to ask questions that we never feel like we've arrived at some point of, of knowing, like we have it down because, um, you know, our, our athletes are going to change. Our, our teams are going to change and, and we're going to meet new players and we have to establish new connections. And so uh, again, it's like, um, you know, you had asked me, um, you know, what, what do I mean by the individualized approach? Like each individual is different and the individualized approach means you have to take a lot of care and attention to getting to know what their goals are, getting to know who they are as a player, getting to know what their intentions are. And, um, you know, sometimes you'll meet a player where they, they throw you off and everything that worked and all the constraints that seem to work with with other players, none of them work with this one. It's like, okay, well, how do I help this player? Um, so yeah, you're, you're, um, you're going to be on a, a really cool, fun, incredible journey. And I think um, the other thing that I'll say is it's, it's, it's totally worth it because even if it doesn't yield 
um, the results that you're looking for, if you stick with it along the way and throughout that process, it's a much more holistic approach that, um, that really focuses more on the player and the individual. And I think that's one of the things that I really love most about this is, you know, I felt like switching to the ecological approach has allowed me to also like give the sport back to the players where now they have much more say equal say, you know, autonomy. And, and it's like, it's, this is their thing again. And, um, and for any club coach that's listening and, and, and trying this approach, you know, I think that, you know, circling back to that fear of like, well, okay, like the parents, they're, they're watching and, and, and they look like we're not training or teaching them and they're paying all this money. It's like, yes, they are paying all this money. And for the most part, it's very expensive and it's a huge financial commitment, but it's about the kid. And if the kid is enjoying it, the kids, uh, if the athletes um, engage with it and, and it's, it's their thing again, it's like, well, isn't that a great thing? And isn't that the focus of what we're trying to do? And, and um, when we can make it more or all about them, then I think regardless of the results, um, the, the players are going to win uh, because they're going to have a great experience that, you know, improves their lives as a player and transforms their lives just as a, as a person. Really cool message. Mike, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. It was really helpful to get into some of the practical examples uh, from hearing how your practices look and how we can design our own. And I definitely encourage listeners to check out your, your videos on YouTube. Um, a lot of really good resources there. Um, so thanks for all you do. Very cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>